Hi, welcome to Behind the Scenes with Dawn and Cherry. I'm Cherry Sigmund, host of The Cyber Show and CEO of the CISO Consulting. Dawn, over to you. And I am Dawn McCarty, CEO of Securing Everything. Hi, Sherry. How are you today? Doing great. Good morning. Well, hey, we want to pick up where we left off with Decision 2020, or otherwise known as the mess of an election here in the United States for the year 2020. It's been quite a year so far with the pandemic and everything. Uh, yesterday, we talked about the the CIA triad, which is confidentiality, integrity, and availability, and how those three things are integrated into a process such as an election in any country, along with several other things. So to segue into what we want to talk today, we want to add to that vetting information. Uh, we kind of alluded to the information flow, how the internet and cyberspace and just the existence of cyberspace in modern times is something the forefathers who founded our country could never have uh, imagined. And they did a great job with, you know, the smaller population and the processes they had in place at the time without technology and built in checks and balances and allowance for contested, you know, processes and ways to adjudicate things like that. But now we have a population with so many people and technology, I mean, at the speed of light, there's mm -hmm. so much information in the world, so much coming at you between me media, social media, news media, daily life, advertising, marketing. I mean, we're just bombarded with information coming at us 24 seven, 365 in modern life, especially in developed countries. And even in lesser developed countries where technology has, has expanded and taken a, a strong foothold. Um, you know, some have, some countries have 5G, some don't, some are still at 2G, but the existence of cyberspace and technology has changed the landscape and everything we do in daily life. And I'm not sure a lot of people take time to think about that. So we want to talk about that in general and specifically about information, the speed of information, the deluge of information, the flow of information and how you vet information. Where do you get your sources and how do you know what's true and what's not true? Right. So that's what we're going to cover today. So Dawn, uh, having said all of that, I'll turn it over to you to pick up any one of those topics and we'll just go with the flow because this is just an open conversation. This oh, is not wow. scripted, folks. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely unscripted and where to begin with all of that. So um, I, I'm going to begin with who in the world today is accessing data online that is something completely normal to them. And I would say that that would be millennials and anyone younger than in the, in the younger age groups. So most of these groups of people have never known a world without the internet. So we have two different um, types of methods to use to actually go and source things where the older generations have had to go and actually do their own groundwork, their own footwork, their own research. That you know, we used to have a thing called encyclopedias. That's not even, <laughs> I mean, let's not even go there because I never had a set. <laughs> oh, I'm joking. Encyclopedia Britannica. I'm yeah, sorry, right, I just had right? to interject so, there. We had yeah. a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas in our house. Yeah. In our age group, you know, our fingers did the walking and we had to go and do the research. We had to read. We couldn't just type in an encyclopedia cover and say find me information on elections. You know, it, it was, um, it was very time consuming, very methodical. It was, I mean, to, to do that research. And that's where, when we used to have what was called at the time, investigative journalism. Yeah. And, I remember you know, they had to go do this kind of work as well, because they had to vet. Now get this. I want everybody to listen. 
they had to vet their stories for accuracy. They had to make sure that what they were sharing with the American people was accurate information because that's how we make our decisions based on information that we are receiving. And we need to have that information. It needs to be accurate so that we can make a well-informed decision. How has that changed to the world today? It, our world with the media, I don't think, I, I don't think there is a, such a thing as an investigative journalist today. I think that's totally changed and we're just being shoved all this information because we have a lot more of it at our fingertips and we almost don't need the media because we can search on our own. However, do you know how to vet that to make sure it's accurate? Do you know how to tell the signs of a scam? Do you, can you detect the flaws in the propaganda that you're seeing because it could just be a, an ad that scrolls by as you're scrolling through a social media platform. And it just, it, it's just something that you read. So as you're scrolling, it kind of just stays there. And then you might refer to that later. So we're not vetting information. We're not confirming that it's authentic. We're not, we're not making sure that the information came from an incredible, uh, came from a reliable source. We're not verifying that integrity piece of the CIA triad. Yes. I have not seen a true investigative journalist at work in ages. I think I remember when I really trusted the media, it's been quite a while and I'm dating myself here, Don and company. I think Walter Cronkite and maybe Barbara Walters, when they were talking about the Jimmy Carter election way back when it goes back that far. Since mm -hmm. I've seen an unbiased mainstream media at work, it's, yeah. it's just a yep. massive, massive influence uh, that they have and not necessarily used with due care and due diligence from my perspective. Right. And I have an example of that. So okay. I used to watch a certain three letter um, news station my entire adult life. That was the only news station that I would tune into. They have a morning show. I would tune into it. And I was a loyal, a, a loyal listener, right? That's the only way I got my news was that, that morning show every morning. And as time went on and as we started getting into more and more controversies and more and more corruption and more and more talk about the controversies and talk about corruptions, you start thinking, okay, one, something has to be true and something has to be false. And when you are looking at something that needs, needs to be categorized into the true or false category, that means you have to vet it. You can't just say, well, one side says this, one side says that, and just pick a side. You need to go verify that information. So as I'm listening to this three-letter news channel every morning, I started hearing them repeat something that I heard like from someone else had mentioned, you know, during the day. And I'm thinking, well, that's not what I heard earlier. Or mm. even through work, because I used to work for the Department of Energy. I would right. hear one thing, and then I would hear this three-letter news channel say something completely different than what I heard. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I work for the federal government. Then that must be accurate. So they must be giving me false information. They haven't verified that information. So as time went on, I started realizing I was doing more vetting on what the three-letter news channel, I started realizing that I had to vet everything I was listening to from that news channel. And when I felt like I was doing more work to verify what they were saying is when I realized that I was not being fed the right information. 
and as time went on over the last, I would say 10 to 12 years that we have been looking at, this isn't just the last four years, this has been going on for quite a while and it's probably even before that, but I wasn't really paying as much attention before that. So in the last 10 to 12 years, I started realizing that I am doing more work, making sure they're right so that I know what decision I need to make. And that's when I said, you know what? It's not worth me doing all this work. I can go find this information out. I don't need the media because they're wrong. And I, why would I want to listen to somebody that's going to give me wrong information that I have to go verify when I can just go verify it in the, in the first place? It's kind of like save that step and don't waste your time. And, yeah, and it's, cut it's out that really unfortunate. Man. Yep, cut out that middleman. And your resources are not Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. So if that's where you're getting your news, you, <laughs> yeah. you need, yeah, we need to have a <laughs> social media anonymous group for people to go get help. <laughs> yeah so it's not mainstream media it's not social media it's just like information um, flow in general and there's such a huge volume of i mean everything that you see on the internet i mean just because you see it on the internet doesn't mean it's true just because the tv station or a new or a radio station or you know uh, even cable tv just or because somebody someone said you, it someone you know or even, even your friend down the street your neighbor yeah. you, you know social media is like there was such a, a, an availability, talking about the CIA, try it again, confidentiality, integrity, availability, the availability of information in the world is just gargantuan. And how do you sort the wheat from the chaff of what's true and what's false, what's authentic, what's fake, there is what's a skill rumor. Yep, there is definitely a skill to that. And, and it involves critical thinking skills. Can, yep. can you speak to that? I don't think a lot of people have developed those uh, lately. Because well, everything it, it depends on what they're learning in school, because you remember in school, they're, they're teaching you critical thinking skill. Now, when, and when we were younger, we had to read a book and we had to do a book report on it. Do you remember those? Oh, back in the day, yes. Yeah, so that's where you start you know, learning critical thinking skills, where you have to actually um, understand what you're, what you're reading. You had to be able to speak to it. You had to be able to re, you know, tell someone else about it to where they understood what that book was about and that you understand the material. So, I mean, that's not all critical thinking is, but that's where we started when we were really young. And I'm not sure that that's what they're doing in schools anymore. I, I'm not sure that kids are doing book reports like we used to have to do. But mm. even as you grow and go into um, high school and college, the way that academia has changed, we're not, the critical thinking has kind of suffered i think and those are those are skills that are essential in making life choices an everyday choice you need a critical thinking um just to go buy a car because you need to evaluate is you know is this value that they're trying to sell me is that real do i need to investigate to make sure i'm not being taken or you know charged more than i should be charged am i am i getting a fair deal you have to use critical thinking in everyday um aspects and and when it comes to the news when it comes to politicians or the the elections it seems like some of the critical thinking goes out the window and we're just regurgitating what we heard someone else say and that information just spreads like wildfire and then before you know it the whole population or that whole side, if you're, you know, there's Democrats, there's Republicans, there's liberals, there's libertarians, there's, you know, independents, there's all these different, and they are all believing some variation of the story. 
but none of them agree. I, I hear you. And I heard you say earlier, Dawn, you're talking about the digital natives, the people who've grown up with the internet and don't know a world without the internet and this massive volume and flow of information every day. So we have the digital natives and, and then the rest of us, right? So it, it's definitely a different world, uh, like say for my grandparents and my father, even in just this, this, uh, this century where things have changed radically. I can remember my dad talking about growing up in the Great Depression and how resources were scarce and the information was just a lot different. You knew what you knew around your neighborhood and what you learned at church or what you found out from the community. It, it was regionally based, locally based, not even statewide or nationwide and definitely not global um, right. back, back in his day. So I, I think people take for granted the availability. It's kind of like the fast food mentality. It's like, you want the drive-through service. You want the curbside this, the drive-through that, everything, immediate gratification. And with the availability of the information on the internet, there is instant gratification. And there's a human tendency to want to believe something. That's how people in populations, entire populations can be um, prey to propaganda because it people are very people in institutions, whether it's foreign or domestic, who have these information operation skills, and that's what it's called, information operations, who have persuasion campaigns, influence campaigns, disinformation and misinformation campaigns, people who have an agenda, whatever that may be, we're not talking anything partisan here, it's just in general, uh, again, like the other show, talking about the election here in the States, it's anybody who has an agenda, no matter what that agenda is or what their motives may be, anyone with an organized and sophisticated mechanism in place knows how to do psychological research to manipulate people, to influence them. And when people want to believe something and have all of this information and things coming at them, you know, in your face 24 seven, 365, instantly available with immediate gratification that, yeah, that's what I want to believe. And somebody just said it, so it must be true. It's easy to fall into that trap and be influenced or manipulated without even realizing that you've been manipulated or influenced because it happens so fast. I think the speed, not just the, the oh, sheer volume, I think the speed affects a lot of it. Everything's I, so I, fast. Yeah, and I wanna point out what you just said. I think it's really important to touch on this because when you say what people want to believe, they tend to grasp onto that, what they heard, because that's what they really, really want to be true. And that is so far the opposite direction of critical thinking. That yes. is not critical thinking. You haven't used your own brain and your own research to come to that conclusion on your own and, and, that, and be able to make that kind of decision. So you're, you're just following. You're not, you're not researching or verifying that the information that you accept into your mind, you know, the information we need to take into our mind needs to be clean. You know that old adage, that old saying, garbage in, garbage out. If you're yes. accepting that garbage in and you're listening to this garbage, you're, you're talking garbage when you are talking among other people. And that there's a lot of that going on right now where most of the information that we're receiving is just regurgitated garbage. So we need to take in <laughs> the facts. So you have to go and fact check yourselves. Don't rely on the, the media for being the fact checker. They're not the fact checker. They have a narrative, so they're only fact checking their piece. They're not fa fact checking all of it. So when you're looking at information, there should actually be a little bit of both sides in there where you can say, okay, 
this is a little more balanced. It's a little more healthy in, in the, in the thought process and things should be balanced. It shouldn't be so left-sided or so right-sided that it does, does not make sense. So we have to figure out how to glean information and accept from good and bad, regardless of your position. So if you are um, in a position on one side or the other, you have to be able to accept some of the good from the opposite side to, in, to have that good balance. And that's the healthiest process. That's the healthiest way of looking at something where you can accept good and bad. It doesn't mean you have to like the bad, but you have to ex- embrace that your, this side or that side may, may be right and they may be wrong but we can't fight and we can't have all of the stuff, this, this discourse that's going on right now, because none of, none of us and none of the people that are out there screaming at the top of their lungs have actually done the research themselves. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's so much we can cover. Fact checking is, is um, a word I didn't used to like. I used to think, wow, you know, fact checking, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we, you, me, everybody around us have to do our own fact checking. You are a good friend of mine, but if you were to tell me something and I thought, wow, that sounds crazy. I got to go check that out myself. And that's Mm -hmm. how it should be. If I think something you're telling me is crazy and it doesn't mean it's good or bad or, or anything like that. It's just like, wow, that's crazy. I need to go research it so I can come to my own conclusion and then we can have a dialogue about it. You know, mm-hmm. then I know what I'm talking about when I step into that conversation. But when we're stepping into conversations, we don't know what we're talking about. We're just spreading propaganda. Mm-hmm. Oh, propaganda. There's that word again. Yeah. So, so I mentioned earlier information operations and influence, and it could be foreign or domestic uh, influence. Uh, it, it's um, it's not a surprise to me that I, I've seen what I've we've actually witnessed here in the U.S. in the last several weeks, heck, months, even years, I, I'd say the last four years in general, three and a half, four years, roughly, um, that agendas have been executed and populations and per- popular opinion um, has have been swayed. And I don't really think that people have realized that the reason that our country, and I'm talking about the U.S. here, this is a global audience, so we're specifically talking about the USA, the United States of America, I think the perception is that we're a divided country. And I think in part, this flow of information and volume of information and bias and manipulation of information has had an effect on that. I think part of the division that we see and feel and perceive is not necessarily something that we may even be aware of that has been influenced from someone external to our family unit. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things, and I kind of want to jump the track a little bit here and talk about um, other countries. You know, we're talking about the United States, our election and what we inside of the United States know and understand. And I've talked to people that are outside of the United States Mm -hmm. who are looking at us from a different perspective (laughs) and some of it's kind of crazy the way that they think that we think and you know they they're worried for us a lot of them feel like we've just totally gone off the deep end and that such drastic changes and and you know some of these countries understand what it's like to have um 
less freedom than what most Americans experience. And I'm not talking about opportunities. I'm talking about freedom. Um, so when other countries have a different perspective that kind of, you know, it's kind of clarifying, it's kind of, um, it makes you stop and think, wow, this is what the outside world, how they view us. And wow. it's confusing and, and they're concerned. They're, they think we're in a civil war. They, they, what they hear, what they hear the most is what the media is spewing. So they're hearing we're killing our cops. They're hearing that we're killing people on the streets, that our cops are bad and that's why they're being killed. We're hearing, you know, our politicians and then the corruption and all of these things are just, that, that's filtering outside of the United States. We're affecting the world. The world is affected by what's going on right now in, inside the United States. So where, how far does misinformation go and how far does it affect? It's the same thing in, you know, in the CIA triad, when we talk about that, when we're talking about cybersecurity and information systems, if you put something in that's not right, it's going to affect the entire system at some point. Wow. That really makes you think. Yeah. It makes you want to, to vet your information and verify your sources even more. Yeah. Well, you know what I want? What I want the most is I don't want to just take someone else's word for something that's so important without doing, you know, because I'm an intelligent person and I want to use my intelligence to come to my own conclusion. If I'm just following what someone else said, I mean, there, we can turn this into all different kinds of um, definitions. So if I'm just following what someone else said, I could be a member of a cult. If I'm just following what someone else said, I could be a member of a hive-minded society. If I'm just following what someone else, is, someone else said, I don't have my own identity. I'm, I'm a member of a community that is one and not, not individual. So there's so many different things that you can, people are against the cult, but then why are they okay with this? Because this, to me, feels like if you are so one side or the other that it's almost cult-like. Wow, you know, you're right. I don't want to be right about that, but I don't want to, I want my own mind. I want to use my own, you know, intelligence. I want to use my own resources and, and determine and come to a decision that I believe. I don't want someone else telling me how to do it or what to think. I won't let someone else tell me what to think. So that's, that's kind of where we're at right now is if you say something wrong, you, there's, there's so many things that can happen to you. And that's kind of uh, a bad place to be. Our society sh should not. In America, we're, we're supposed to have the freedom of speech and that, that ability to have the freedom of choice and what we do with our lives. But then it's being derailed by people that don't agree with you. Mm -hmm. And that's not what America is. They can, they can talk about America and the democracy and all that all they want. But when they act like that, they're taking away your freedom of choice. Well, I'm really eager to see what happens through all of the, all of the due process that's in, that's in place that our founding fathers and the Constitution allow for in this specific 2020 election with um, all the allegations that have been made of, of irregularities and voter fraud, that sort of thing. I, I think it'll probably be decided by January. I think December, typically Electoral College um, renders the certification of the state's decisions uh, mid-December. But because of everything this year, with so many states involved in the questionable mm -hmm. um, uh, activities that are being questioned, I think it's probably going to be January at the earliest, if then. 
I mean, we maybe go up to inauguration day. Yeah. It's just kind of unsettling, but like we said before, I, I think the, the key is just to vet your information, realize that you have a barrage of it coming at you every day from ads and marketing and politicians yeah. and media and social media, your family, your neighbors, your friends. I mean, you're just bombarded with information. Yeah. Just take a step back and sort through it, make your own decisions. Yeah. Be aware build that your you knowledge can... base, if you build a knowledge base on your own and you know where your foundation of beliefs is, then you can understand when things are being hurled at you, what you'll already know what you, I mean, it'll be easier to process. And you'll be less likely to be unduly influenced without even realizing it. Right. Because you know, when, especially when you get the, the group think, and there's a lot of group think I see in social media where you, 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 you hang around people who only think like you and only agree with what you say. And you, you know, you, it's kind of like almost a herd mentality with the group think where yeah. you hang out with your like-minded people only, you don't have different perspectives or allow people who have opposing views to have a, a general, you know, conversation. And, and that's part, that's very divisive. So I think we're just gonna buckle up and everybody stay calm and collected, uh, vet your information, be aware of influence campaigns going on around you all the time. And I can't stress this enough. I've worked in the federal government with a high clearance level and I have been involved in operations that support information operations. So I know what I'm talking about. I'm not making this up. Every country has information operations. We won't go into who might be behind some of this um, from a foreign perspective uh, in this current election, but I can guarantee you there is foreign influence in this current election. And there is an internal group of people who willingly or unwillingly, knowingly or unknowingly have been influenced by that and are spreading that foreign information operation. Mm -hmm. Without betting, they haven't betted. They just saw it, heard it and shared it. And shared it. So mm -hmm. that's just for your awareness. And I want to say too, as far as, you know, the clearances and stuff, the inside information that we, we know your experience with, with working for the federal government, my, I've worked for the federal government to some extent, um, our experience in cybersecurity and the information that we need to know in order to, to protect the data that we're protecting, the intellectual property, the proprietary information, all that stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that we actually need to be debriefed on so that we can um, go out there and defend our company's data or our own for that matter. So what I want to say is for the, for average people that don't have that insight, inside information, you don't know what you don't know. And that mm. is, I mean, I know that's a little cliche, but you don't know if you don't know something, you just don't know. And so if you're sharing information that you think, you know, but you don't know the whole, the backstory or where it came from or why only a part of it was shared because a lot of times only pieces and clips were shared and that forms an entire, excuse me, an entire opinion based off of a, a portion of information. You gotta have all of the information. So it is our responsibility to stop and think. And then I'm gonna say, you know, we, we have to connect. And this is, you know, October was Cybersecurity Awareness Month Right. I think it applies here where you have to stop, you need to think, and then you need to connect with the information that's accurate so that you can make informed decisions. Yes. And that was the theme of this year's Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Stop, think, and connect. Yes. Connect the dots. 
Absolutely yeah. connect the dots. Connect the dots. Unconnect, unconnect if you need to. You, sometimes you need to, you know, step away from bad resources. I mean, you, these, these can kind of apply in a lot of areas where if you're getting um, information from a bad source, you've got to stop getting that information from them. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention in, in terms of information sources and and people uh, censoring things as well, that there's a, there's a tendency today with private companies who, who are basically social media companies uh, have a tendency to, to promote their own agenda and censor things, that the user content on their social media platforms. And you realize when you're using social media that you are the product. All oh, the user-generated yeah. content is the product. And what you post, you know, you no longer have a license to, if you read the fine print on the, on the licensing agreements and, and every, all the agreements that you sign in the fine print that most people don't read when they just click, click, click and sign up for a platform, they own your content and then yep. they can either share it or not share it. And there has been massive censorship on platforms that I've seen. That's why there's a large segment of people just, for example, using Facebook that are moving to Parlay. Uh, a new platform, relatively new platform uh, compared to the others on the, the 13th of November. Yep. And I have not seen a mass exodus from a social media platform like that in the past. But it happens because the people, the will of the people aren't going to be suppressed. The voices aren't going to be suppressed. If the platform you're using is being censored, you'll find another because there are tons of programmers and app, dev app developers and smart people you know, surfing all over the web. There are a ton of technicians and technologists globally who will kindly and cheaply build you a new app. You do not have to have your voice suppressed and use any platform that is going to censure your voice. I'm just putting that out there. No, I agree a hundred percent that um, there's other ways around it, around it. You know, just as much as people circumvent processes that they don't like, it's the same thing if we're being censored for, you know, sharing an opinion that everybody else seems to be sharing, but because ours may not, or yours may not um, be aligned with whatever group or membership you're part of on the social media platform, you know, you could be kicked out because you have a different point of view. And I'm not even talking about politics. It could be about, you know, I love animals or I don't love animals. I like horses, but you know, they love dogs. It could be something so trivial that you're being censored for from from people, not necessarily just the platform. So the platform has that censoring, but so do some people. So we've gotten into this culture of censoring other people's opinions, which is what America is based on, is that freedom of speech and that, that freedom to expression. Yeah, and it's so, not necessarily just the platform. Sometimes it's the community that you participate or became a member of. I agree with that, absolutely. People. So we're keeping, we're keeping a close eye on these topics and uh, we're regularly, and routinely bring you updates on this. I, I mentioned earlier in the previous episode that uh, we, we had actually taken a hiatus from reporting a few behind the scenes episodes because we're both busy, uh, one, doing cybersecurity consulting and as well as building products. Uh, so we've been working on recording those instead of shows for people to consume and even limiting other things we're doing outside because when you produce, you're either produce mode or consume mode. And what we're talking about in this episode of behind the scenes is the consuming of information mode and how the flow and volume and the lack of vetting of information comes at you 24 seven, 365. So that's consume mode. You might actually want to consider producing information yourself and hopefully this will inspire someone. Maybe, maybe you feel like your voice isn't being heard in your life for some reason or some capacity there's nothing stopping you from starting your own vlog. 
your video log or blog or whatever you want. I mean, the internet is there for you. Yes, cyberspace has a has a key influence on your daily life, but it's also an asset and a resource. It well, can be used for good or bad. Yeah, you know, use it to spread your voice if if you're not feeling heard. I encourage you to share your voice. Expression, expression. And and here's here's another tip too, though. We all have. I mean, there's billions of people on this platform, right? How many people? How many viewers does Facebook have themselves on Facebook? Oh, you just cannot, talking Facebook, and yeah, it's huge. You cannot Facebook. possibly please everybody. So stop trying, and you cannot yeah. possibly <laughs> correct everybody. So stop trying. If they said something you don't agree with, oh, well, move on. You don't need to go and try and correct what they said because you know better when, you know, we don't know that. I don't know that you know better because maybe I vetted my information before I posted it. Did you vet it before you replied? Uh Aha, good point. So don't reply until you've done your own homework. Good point, Dawn. If you haven't done your own homework, then keep scrolling. Don't respond. It, it will cut down on a lot of the heated debates and arguments and snide, snippy, yeah. even smart oh ass God. comments. I've, I've seen so much smart assery, and I call it smart assery. It's bullying. Uh, you know, it comes down. It's to, really bullying. Yeah, it's, it's back to the bullying. bullying. <laughs> it's it, or gaslighting. It's it a very subtle be, way. Yeah. yeah, it used to be on the playground. Now it's you know on Facebook or you know Facebook is the home of bullying. You know, if they want to be in a category of whatever i would i would first call them you know the arbitrators of bullying hmm that's a whole other episode we're talking about cyberbullying. yeah absolutely yeah. and we we fight against that that's another thing that you know we do we see it a lot we see it all the time yes so be kind be kind you know what i'm going to say it again treat people with unconditional positive regard for the you know and when people harm you um if it's there's different levels of harm. If they're just responding to you on Facebook, just treat them with unconditional positive regard and don't even answer them. Just like, okay, thank you for your response. You don't have to engage with it. You don't even have to thank them or, you know, or tell them anything. Just move on and treat people with kindness. Mm. And that's a universal lesson, no matter where you live, where you're from, what your demographics are, who you are. It, it's a human thing. Yeah? Yes, exactly. Well, on that note, unless you have anything else to add, I think that's a great segue into our next uh, session where we're going to record more on that product. What do you think? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for stopping by behind the scenes, folks. We're signing off here. I'm Cherry signing off. Don? I'm Don signing off from Securing Everything. Talk to you next time, guys. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.